Seems as though I've lived my life on the bad side of the moon. Just stir your drags and sickness still without a rustic spoon. Now come on, people, live with me where the light has never shone. And my hornets flock like hummingbirds, speaking in a foreign tongue. Kissing my life, kissing my life, kissing my life, my life. Kissing my life, kissing my life, kissing my life. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to episode 51 of Behind the Bench. Shane Wright. Wow, 51 episodes in. We hope everyone's doing well uh, around the world. The boys say hello. Um, it is just me tonight, Alex, on a solo uh, mission. We have uh, just our interview exclusive episode uh, going today. Um, we, we gave you a pretty long one last uh, week. Um, which is like three hours. So we're going to definitely tighten it up a little bit for you um, here. We're releasing on Friday. We apologize for that too. Um, we had some technical difficulties. Listen, we love doing live interviews. They're the best. Um, it's the best way to interview for a podcast. It's just an absolute pain and seems to be a disaster every time we try to get the mics going. Um, Shuttle Apple and GarageBand sound. Um, so yeah, boys are looking for a studio. We got to find a studio where you know we have a little btb hq where people can come hop in and, and chat so we'll be on the lookout for that big and big things happening uh in btb um our interview today is with dawson reale so dawson reale um my neighbor just two two doors down um and works for pro-am sports and star one tickets um absolute uh, staples here in Sudbury um and it was a great chat that we had with him now the audio is going to be a, a little bit tough um we tried our, our best with what was happening um so we hope uh, it comes out well and you can listen to it good we think uh, it is good enough to get out on the podcast so uh without further ado let's send it over to Dawson Reality. Ladies and gentlemen, after a ton of technical difficulties, we are good to go. We're almost an hour into being at Pro-Am. First of all, we're live here at Pro-Am Sports, uh, an absolutely legendary and staple um, in Sudbury Sports today. But we're here with an electric guest. Let's get into it. Uh, a former SPAD grad, he has had his hand in many aspects of Sudbury Sports, from collectibles with the Ultimate Collector to tickets for events with Star One Tickets. Go check it out. To all baseball and hockey needs at the legendary Pro-Am Sportswear store. One of the only Canadians I know that is a diehard Boston sports fan and loves his Pitbull music. Please welcome <laughs> Dawson Reale to the BTB podcast. What's going on? That is a classical introduction, I love. I don't think uh, I'm going to use that for anything. Anytime I ever speak, that's my introduction. That's right. You, on your resume, just put a, a link to the pod. <laughs> well, listen, first of all, guys, thanks for having me. Um, you know, as a fan of your pod, you know, being doing 50 in now, this is the 51st, I believe. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, you know, they've all been great, the ones I've listened to anyway, and uh, you've had some great guests on there, so it's a pleasure to be included. Um, you know, it took a little while to get me on this thing, but, uh, <laughs> you know, Camino lives exactly two doors down. Like, literally, I could, like, throw a rock to his place. Like, there's one house separating us. You're not really kidding about that. And Mace growing up was, like, just around the corner from me, too. And, yeah. and now I talk to Tom every night about gambling. So I'm, uh, I'm definitely <laughs> embedded in this family, whether I like it or not. Oh, yeah, 100%. I used to, every time, you know, we'd 
go by Dawson's in the summer. He'd be playing ball outside where he's batting practice or he's chucking balls off the roof. It was uh, it was a sight to see all the time. He's always getting dialed in with baseball. But yeah, um, let's get into it right away, Doss. Let's start off with, with Pro-Am. Kind of take us through the history of it. Like you grew up with it, obviously, uh, as a kid. So talk to us about the history of Pro-Am. Absolutely. So my father and my uncle, proud owners for over 30 years, 1983, before I was even, 1988, sorry, I can't give them that much credit, <laughs> uh, before any of us were even thought of. And they opened up downtown, and I don't want to get into a whole downtown arena debate. I know we'll <laughs> go off on a rant there, but uh, they both assure and promise me that downtown was much different back then when they right. opened up and uh, was alive and vibrant. And then they moved a couple of different locations on LaSalle before finally right here, our home at 904 Berrydown. Same building as Topper's Pizza beside End of the Roll. And they both started, Pro-Am started originally just as an officially licensed apparel store. So specializing in NHL, NFL apparel. And then now here we are with our expansion and we have hockey equipment, baseball equipment, skate sharpening. So a little bit of everything and, and kind of a one-stop shop. Yeah. Yeah. First question I got for you, Doss, is like, what's it been like growing up in a family business like this? Like, how has it been for you? Yeah, you know what? I love it. I wouldn't have it any other way. I, I think really that's what inspired me to get into sports as far as sports administration. Right. And then obviously my passion and, and now ticket sales and everything else I've done in my, my life and career so far. I think if it wasn't for this place, I don't know if I'd go down this path. Um, and it's a path I love, so I'm very thankful for that. But growing up in it, I think I definitely matured and, and grew up a lot faster than many people. Well, the three of you are still kids, so I definitely grew up a lot faster than a lot of people. <laughs> um, no, but uh, I definitely enjoyed meeting a lot of people and going through a lot of experiences from you know working at a very young age, and right. it's, it's great to be part of a family-run business like that. Right. Yeah, 100%. So I actually didn't know that it started downtown, so I knew there's there's a couple locations before this. So kind mm -hmm. of take us through the the various locations that that were, that were around. Oh man, okay. So the first one was uh, right now. I think there's a, a Mexican restaurant actually uh, downtown where uh, the first location was okay. in '88. And then from there, and my father has a lot of great stories. Actually, uh, your last guest, uh, one of your best, Mason's uncle Brian. Uh, my father's one of his favorite pro-am stories is whenever they would have a Christmas break and Brian would fly home uh, for Christmas his first stop from the airport would always be pro-am because he knew that he would run into all of his friends there would be a one-stop <laughs> stop. Um, so that's one of his favorite stories to tell but from there they moved I don't know exactly the years but they moved to LaSalle which would be um, the building where actually uh, Ryan is um, Positive and central. Positive and central. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. So framing for that back. building yeah. with um, Pure Later. So that was one location on LaSalle. Further down to where the Quiznos building is. And then further down again, still on LaSalle. Three different locations on the same street. Uh, the old Just Soccer building. Yeah. We were there very briefly. And then we moved next door to where we are now, which is in the same building as End of the Roll. Before finally... And, and every time we've moved has been bigger and better. Yeah. So. We've never downgraded, we've never shrunk. It's always been uh, to, to a bigger and better location, and, and now here we are. Yeah, unreal. And it kind of leads into the next question, like perfectly. How, how have you seen the business evolve like over the years? How much has it changed um, from when, you know, obviously since, since you, you were a kid, uh, how, how have you seen Prime evolve? Well, the equipment, the addition of the equipment sales is definitely uh, an eye-opening experience, I think, for my father, my uncle, all of us. Um, 
I had no clue that hockey sticks had this many flexes and this many curves and um, it's definitely and same with baseball bats believe it or not and end loaded and front loaded and uh, you know these ones are not accepted in this league so it's it's definitely a lot of different you know in subway sports they like their certain equipment they like their certain styles so definitely catering to you know the lady wolves and nickel cap and coppercliff minor there's a oh, lot yeah. of different uh leagues and, and teams and players to accommodate so it's definitely been eye-opening and a lot different than just selling a t-shirt that's for sure <laughs> yeah, I, I think the best part for a for a customer coming to pro-am is you're not just here for five minutes for a skate sharpening you're here probably mi- or minimum an hour you know talking <laughs> with you guys we were so. just joking about that before we started and uh tom asked me when do i get my most work done or do i get do i get anything done at all at the store <laughs> no and the answer is definitely not very minimal because you always run into somebody and if one of these three guys were to walk in i mean there goes my whole day <laughs> <laughs> and my father always jokes if we had a liquor license yes. here we would probably be retired by now (laughs) they'd stop they'd have more than a drink or two and uh it would be an all-day affair i mean wouldn't that be something skate sharpening and liquor i I think that would be uh, hard to get a liquor license in this yeah (laughs) yeah no doubt no Uh, doubt oh man that is so good so when you expanded to like hockey equipment that kind of stuff how how hard was it to to get into it um obviously you guys went from just apparel to to equipment yeah, for sure. It was a learning curve. I mean, um, actually, a, a friend of the show, I think you had the McGaughys on. Yeah. Yep. And uh, their father, Mike, he was a big help uh, coming over and, and really getting us into that end of the business. And, uh, you know, from there, we kind of took it upon ourselves. And, you know, our customer base was really good and a lot of great leagues and teams. Coppercliff has been good to us. The Lady Wolves have been good to us. And uh, just kind of grew from there. We, we learn. I mean, like any business, you learn as you go. And, you um, there's some things that I, I think we probably would have wanted to redo or do better, but uh, here we are, and I think we're happy with where we're at. Yeah, 100%. Um, next one I got for you, Doss, is where do you see, like, let's say, Pro-Am in the next 10 years or the future of it? Well, we bought the building, so we're going to be right here in 10 years, hopefully. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, you know, I mean, the last two years have definitely been difficult, and oh, yeah. I think the good news is if we were able to survive the last two years with, you know, lockdowns and restrictions right. and you know no fans going to games no minor hockey being played if we were able to withstand that i think we could probably withstand just about anything knock on wood mm-hmm. um one thing though that we probably would like to do more of um you guys can submit your applications for uh, our sales team if you want but, <laughs> you know we also specialize in, in team and corporate apparel so i think we'd like to get out there and get some more local businesses or you know just more teams involved and, and come through our doors and, and get their team and custom apparel done here yeah, That's good. no doubt. Um, take us through like a, a normal work day for you here at, at Prime. What, what does a, a day look like for DOS here? <laughs> well, if, if I don't say the time I showed up, people are going to call me out. So I have to say I have banker's hours. So you're not going to catch me here in the a.m. It would definitely be afternoon. Uh, <laughs> but here we are, 9 o'clock, and I'm still here. And so the hours de- vary for me depending on, you know, uh, ticket sales wise, what's going on, if it's uh, leaf playoff season or, you know, if there's concerts upcoming, um, but a quiet time, you might not even catch me here. Um, or if I know somebody like one of you guys is coming in, I'll make sure I'm here so we can have uh, a couple of laughs, but it definitely varies the time of year. And I think that's the great thing. This place is always a lot of fun. You'll definitely catch me here on a Saturday because Saturdays aren't like work days. They're, uh, more like a, a social hour so <laughs> saturday's 100 percent a full day other than that uh 
pick and choose. You, you might want to text me before coming in. <laughs> well, and, and listen, it, it's not just because he, he's not doing anything. He's a master's student oh, yeah. uh, at LU. So, Doss, a former SPAD grad, uh, no big deal now, now uh, doing your master's. So, how's that been? Yeah, you know what? I walked out fourth year, uh, second semester, my last exam, and I remember great feeling. I think I played Philadelphia Freedom by Elton John. <laughs> this is it. I'm done. I'm free. No more textbook. No more exam writing. Uh, but I guess it goes to show never say never. And, um, yeah. you know, unfortunately for me, for a lot of us, there was nothing to do two years ago when this started, the pandemic I'm yeah. talking. And so I decided, you know, what can I do to better myself? And I'm not the type of guy to, to sit around and do nothing. Um, so that's when doing my MBA became an option. And uh, I'm glad I chose to do it when I did because here I am and uh, a semester away from graduating. Yeah, love it. Jeez. You want to get into uh is that good for program for you? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, let's keep going. So the next topic that we have, Doss, is like ultimate collector. I didn't even know this was a thing in oh, you yeah. know, your career. So like how did this start and what gave I, – I didn't even know. Like run us through that. Well, what's funny, much like this pod from the history of, of my understanding of it, uh, it started as a kind of a school project. For me, it was a high school project. Nice. And uh, it was in Paul Hatzis' class. It was create your own business. And mine was a memorabilia business. And – you know, nobody north of Barrie, all of my suppliers are Toronto, GTA, Barrie, Frozen Pond, AJ Sports, they're all Toronto areas. So nobody in the north really does autograph memorabilia. Um, and so that got me to, to do it. And, and it was a great kind of uh, fit for the store. So people would come in and if you didn't want, this is before we were doing equipment. So if you didn't want license apparel necessary, or if you had somebody that has it all, you know, this is something different um, in addition to a t-shirt or a jersey. So, you know, supplying those autograph photos. Actually, I did a uh, private autograph signing in Toronto with Jose Batista, and I think Alex has an autograph picture made out to Al from uh, the Home Run King at the time. So I remember, it's funny, the, the certain purchases or transactions that you uh, you remember, but I remember that one that your dad purchased for you. Yeah, yeah, what, what he came through, Joey Bats uh, signed picture. I'll, I'll, uh, baseball, yeah, I'll, I'll send it to you. Uh, I'll send a pic of it. It's, it's unreal, yeah. And and that's the thing, though. It's like nobody was really like I don't think doing it at, at the time yeah. um, through it. So like, what what's the process of like collecting stuff? I I'm so like interested. Like, how do you get stuff? That's well, that's the thing. It was an easy start for me just because I'm a fan. And you know what? And I think the hardest part of any kind of a startup, and probably for you guys too, is the idea. And once you yeah. have the idea, if you're passionate about something, whatever it is in life. You know the saying, if you love what you do, you don't work a day in your life. So it really became easy and a natural fit for me. I already had, you know, a collection of memorabilia. That was my thing. And so it kind of uh, tailed off from there. Of course, it was a big Boston collection to start. Yeah. And I quickly found out this is a, more of a Toronto market. <laughs> uh, a quick story just about the Batista mm -hmm. signing that I recall. Um, I had, I think it was 50, over 50 items just of my own from Sudbury of orders from customers to get signed by him. And so I'm in the back room before he's signing for everybody else that was there, the general public. And he's sitting in this chair that had, if you can picture it, that had like armrests. And so when you sign a baseball, you got to kind of like grip it and bring it in. Right. And that way you have something to lean on, pressure it and, and autograph it. And I guess the chair's arms were getting in the way. So he goes, this chair isn't working for me. I need a new chair. And the whole place, like all five workers over there, okay, Mr. Batista needs a new chair. We got to bring in a new chair. <laughs> and it was just, uh, it was really cool to be a part of it. And then at the That's end, wild. stood up and took a picture with him. And uh, his forearms were just a little bit bigger than mine. <laughs> and, uh, it was a great experience for sure. Yeah, that, that is sick story. So yeah. run me through the process of getting these, you know, 
accomplished athletes to sign these memorabilia? Yeah, so if the order was big enough, like in Batista's case, I actually physically went down there myself in person, right. which was kind of cool. Um, we actually brought Daryl Sittler here to do an autograph yeah. signing. I think it was Pro-Am's 25th anniversary at our old location. So depending on you know the, the athlete or the order, if it was big enough, I would go down in person and do it. If not, I would just send the item in. Uh, another kind of short, funny story, a Bob Yor jersey actually, it was supposed to be signed to Brooke. Uh, a customized personalized autograph and so I sent it down with a couple items to get signed and it came back from our supplier to Jackie <laughs> like not even close not and even yeah so I don't know what Bobby was doing that day luckily my father was able to rip the number off and uh, and so on a new one and we got it done for for Brooke and not Jackie but uh, that was uh, an odd ultimate collector slash pro-am mistake or maybe a bobby or mistake but he's a legend so i'm gonna take the blame rather than bobby oh good stuff that that is that, what what a story and keep how how old were you when you were doing all this 14 15 no grade 11 grade yeah, yeah grade 10 this guy's going to get stuff signed by these you know pro athletes at, at such a young age it's, oh he was so cute it's at that insane. age they yeah, they no. couldn't, yeah, they couldn't yeah now up. different story <laughs> I don't think I get the uh, autographs I was I got back then. Yeah, sure. and and how did you get Sittler down here? Was that a, a tough sell? Uh, actually, you know what? So we got the price list for all of the athletes that could come, and um, none of them were inexpensive. I don't like using the word cheap. None of them were right. inexpensive, but he was the most reasonable, and I thought he was a good fit in terms of. I mean, he's a Hall of Famer, and yeah. you know, his t even if you don't know Daryl Sittler, he has the record for the ten point nights. Unfortunately, that was against the Boston Bruins. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it was a great fit. And believe it or not, that day, I had my first ever, that was my first year SPAD, first year university, and I had an accounting exam that day. And I'll never forget, I wrote that exam, rushed through it. I'm lucky if I even passed it. <laughs> and I, I drove from Laurentian all the way down here to, to Pro-Am on Barry Down because I wanted to be a part of that day and uh it was fun i was able to i was able to do it after writing that exam yeah nice. crazy a able to pass the exam too and the class and there you go and the program well, look at Live the doing it. Live yeah. the <laughs> that's right okay so let's uh let's get into star one tickets dos when when did you you know transition into this field and you know obviously get into ticket selling in the first place absolutely so great story how i i got into it so for any Jays fan or any baseball fan going to the Rogers Center, those in the action seats, which are the first two rows directly behind home plate, the big comfy green seats where the old lady, if you will, uh, that she always sits there. So an opportunity came up for me to sit there and obviously growing up as a kid, going to multiple, of course, Red Sox Jays games, sitting all over the ballpark, 500 level, infield, outfield, never getting a chance to sit there. And so finally an opportunity came up and I was fortunate enough to sit down there and I'm taking pictures and I'm acting like a kid in the candy store. This is my first time, I'm on the field first row. And this guy comes by and he goes, hey kid, act like you've been here before. <laughs> and I go, well, I haven't been here. <laughs> and then he, you know, he asked me like, how did you get these or why are you sitting here? And I'm kind of like, well, what's it to you? And he goes, well, these are my seats. And I go, really? And so we got talking and, and it was my boss, Ervil from Star One. And then I told him how I'm a SPAD student and, you know, Pro-Am, my father, Sudbury. And, you know, he goes, well, why don't you sell for me? Why don't you look into possibly, you know, branching out? You know, nobody really does it north of, of Toronto. 
And so that's how it started. And um, here I am now since first year, I, you know, I did it throughout all of university, made a lot of sales, a lot of connections, a lot of contacts. And here I am still doing it. Um, so it's it's been a great run and uh, I really enjoy it. Yeah, that's sick. How, how, how much have you seen it change from, from then to now? So I would say my first year, you know, tickets were hard copy and it's going to make me feel old but now there's no such thing we were just talking about that it's all digital it's all mobile transfer we went from hard copy tickets to printable e-tickets where you would print those off right and, and now nothing it's all on your phone it's all qr code we live in that era so it's it's definitely changed but uh, a leaf ticket is just as hard to come by as ever and um you know the change really was with the jays when i got into it, it was a perfect time 2015 2016 that was their playoff run right. and everybody wanted to go to a jays game everybody was a jays fan they jumped on that bandwagon oh, so yeah. it was a great time to build a clientele and um here i am today yeah what would you say your biggest challenge is dos so far in this industry is it like dealing with annoying customers is it the reselling piece like i'm not sure if you can answer that but you know what what would you say you don't like the most out of it yeah, for sure. I mean, a, a lot of people, the good thing about us is that unlike a lot of these sites, StubHub, Vivid Seats, they're right. an American dollar, we're in Canadian dollar, they charge service fees, we don't. Right. So it's really just, you know, kind of separating us from them and informing customers. I always say if I get that customer once, you know, first time, they'll be a customer oh, for life. For sure. Just because of our variety, our selection, um, our price. So I think that was the biggest or only challenge. And now, you know, instead of, I remember starting, I used to respond to Kijiji want ads for tickets. <laughs> and uh, those days are definitely gone. People are coming to me, people are referring, you know, their clients or their friends and family to me. So it's it's definitely been uh, growth and, and I'm very proud of it. Yeah, 100% hooked up Tom with uh, yeah, some tickets at least. And that's a great story that you mentioned. Sorry, Tom, not to cut you yeah, off. Yeah, but go, go. Like, I dealt with you once, Doss. I'm not going to go with anybody else because I start, I start oh, off. Oh, come on. You're just seeing that. No, no, listen to this. Listen to this. So Ticketmaster, I dealt with them to go to a Leafs game. Oh, God, no. Two months ago now. And on the way to Toronto, I'm getting these random spam emails saying, you know, your tickets are fraud, this and that. They're already sold to somebody else. I'm like, I'm driving. You're not supposed to be on your phone unless you're Doug Ford, whatever. Yeah. But it, it was absolutely ridiculous. And I ended up having to call one the 1-800 service number for Ticketmaster. I was on the phone for like an hour and a half. I had to cancel that one and get a refund. And then I ended up getting the tickets through you for, for the game for me. And that so I, I was really just your second option. That's yeah. right, yeah, yeah. Sloppy so, so, Sloppy so, yeah. And that's what, so Tom, and Tom calls me, he goes, yeah, man, like they're fraud tickets. It was like, ridiculous. And he's like all sad, and I'll go in a Leafs game. I go, dude, I go, why don't you call DOS right yeah. away? And I said, Here's his number. Give him a call and boom. Yeah, well, it wasn't even that. I didn't even have to do that. Jordan, the guy I went with, Curly Act, that we coached with. Yeah. He's like, yeah, I just called Dawson. We have tickets. I'm yeah. Like, How, it's like, easy. Why it's did easy. I even think about that in the first place? That's right. And then later that month or December, I went with Brett for the Columbus Games, and we talked about the difference of the Platinum and um, where I sat. And Yeah, I definitely, you know, a Platinum experience, I definitely recommend. Everybody should do it at least once in their lifetime yeah. just to kind of be that close Unfortunately, it's not the most affordable. Uh, you could probably go to three or four Sabres games or three or four <laughs> Panthers games right. for the price of a Leafs Platinum ticket. But it is a cool experience. If you've ever been in the Platinum Lounge, which I've been fortunate enough to do a couple times, it's now I know why when you watch a game, the first couple of minutes, nobody's in their seats. They're all in the Platinum Lounge. Um, it's a really cool experience, so I definitely recommend that. But the golds are just as good. I yeah. mean, the reds and even some upper bowl green options. Um, as long as you're not standing room or obstructed view, which we don't have any of those seats, but there's a lot of a lot of great options in the building, and uh, 
I'm just happy we have live sports back. Okay. Yeah, no doubt. Have no you ever sat platinum? Like I had no, never I, been or I've in that arena. Done, yeah, I've only gone one one NHL game. One NHL game. My, my, we gotta change that. Yeah, no, we'll, yeah, we'll change that for sure. Uh, we'll we'll do a BTB trip. That'd be uh, that'd be pretty fun. Uh, Dos can Dos can come too. Maybe go to a Pitbull concert. <laughs> so one more story just about my boss uh, quickly. Irv. Yeah. He has 31 different NHL jerseys. He had 30. I just bought him the Kraken jersey for his birthday. Um, so if you're ever watching the Leafs on like a Monday night, a Tuesday night, and they're playing Nashville or Carolina, obviously not big market teams, especially during the week. Whenever Carolina scores on a Monday night or Nashville on a Tuesday night, my boss is in a Predators jersey. He's standing up clapping, cheering. So he's on TV all the time. So if you're asking who's that one guy that's always on TV cheering for a low market team on a Tuesday night, that's my boss. <laughs> he's a diehard Habs fan, so he hates the Leafs so much that he will wear. He's, I've even seen him. I've taken a picture with him in a Bruins jersey. That's how much he hates the Leafs. He'll wear the opposing jersey to every single game. <laughs> oh my God. That, that is so good. Um, and I mean, my next question, because you kind of mentioned, you know, looking out for your bosses, is, is uh, your uncle, do you hook up your uncle with the courtside seats? Because you know when Perry's there when he's wearing the red pants and the white shirt. It's absolute staple. I've seen, I've seen him courtside. Absolute staple at the Raptors Every time game. I watch the game yeah. on TV. Those ones aren't through us, unfortunately. But, uh, <laughs> we have some just behind them, and yeah. uh, you won't be able to see what color pants they're wearing. <laughs> but uh, they're they're pretty damn close, and a fraction of the price too. Yeah, hundred percent. Mace, you got a good story about Star One tickets. Yeah, yeah. Hop in. Let's just kind of lay the story out a little bit. <laughs> How many baseball games do you think you've been to? Oh God, we need an over under on that one. <laughs> so fifty it's funny. plus. Now 50 plus. my friends, my Toronto friends, whenever the Red Sox or Bruins are in town, they text me and they go, "Are you in town?" And my answer is. Is the sky blue? <laughs> so the Red Sox are in Toronto three times a year for three game series each, so that's nine times a year. And the Bruins are there, well, before they shuffled schedules and divisions around, they used to be there three times a year. So I would say that's like 11 times I'm seeing Boston sports events in Toronto, plus I go to Boston at least once a year under normal circumstances. So that's 12 games a year times how many years I've, I've gone. Uh, I don't know, let's put it at 50, 60, oh, at least. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so you've been to 50-plus games. You sit, what's it called, in the action? In the action. In the action. Yeah. So that's right along um, the baseline. Not the baseline. First row on the field, yeah. First yeah. row on the field. So you must have caught tons of foul balls, tons of like, You know roller. what? I, I've never personally caught a ball myself, believe it or not. Um, players have, have thrown them to me or my boss or bats even but i've never physically caught a foul ball in a baseball game and now That's there's crazy. netting so i don't think that'll ever happen unfortunately yeah. so this is the best part <laughs> dawson texts me and step bro alex uh come to come to the game tonight uh i got some good seats for you so we have no idea what we're getting ourselves into <laughs> i walked to the dome after work I'm downtown they're sitting Toronto. The 500 <laughs> Dawson brings us to the bar attached to the rogers center the lobby bar yeah. the lobby bar Irv has his name actually engraved in a badge, and that's his permanent seat. No one else can sit there. So you got to keep in mind, this is a Marriott hotel brand, so it's like a chain. And my boss is at, he's literally at 81 Jays games a year. He goes to 41 Leaf games a year, plus a couple of Raptors, a couple of concerts. So he's at 81 Jays games a year, a season ticket holder. And his office is literally the lobby bar because people or customers are coming to meet him and get their tickets. So he has 
an actual engraving, a plaque at the bar with his name on it. That's True crazy. story. Crazy. That's like he's a that stereotypical of what is what you think a ticket guy is. That's Irv, but Irv's a <laughs> next level. <laughs> He is the most interesting character I think I've ever met. But going on with the story, so Dawson puts us in the action. We're literally in the action. You can hear these guys yelling. And I look at Dawson, I'm like, you must get a lot of balls like sitting here. He's like, never won. (laughs) And I'm sitting there with Alex eating my popcorn that they bring you in the first row. It's awesome. And this ball just starts rolling towards me. And out of nowhere, I just reach down, grab it. And I'm looking at Dawson, I'm like, you've never caught one? (laughs) This was so easy. I tried, oh to give, I tried to give it to him. He's like, no, no, it's okay. Like, that's your souvenir for coming to the game. I was a little bitter. I didn't, I didn't want a gift, a gift. I wanted my own. <laughs> and as we're walking out, Irv looks at Dawson, and he's like, look at this bat I got. <laughs> Come I'm like, on. I'm holding man. my little ball. It's all dirtied up. <laughs> Dawson's got a baseball bat from, who was it? Brock Holt, Super Utilities, uh, 2018 Red Sox World Series champ. But no, I was really jealous about that because Irv got the bat, and he's a Jays fan. He's not even a Red Sox fan. And he was going to keep it. And I'm like, I'm the Red Sox fan here. I want that bat. Anyway, he did tease me a little bit, and finally I got it as a Christmas gift. But uh, it's in my collection now. Oh, man, that is unreal. So another in the action, quick story, just being on yeah. that topic, uh, a little can give you a little insight so the old lady that everybody always talks about she actually has a name it's not the old lady <laughs> and, and nobody really knows her name so i don't even know if i this is like a jay's season ticket holder i don't know how i'm even allowed to say this but uh her name is sybil that's her name and what's funny is there is no bathroom down there so i mean a couple of games like i'm just there to see the red sox she's there she goes to the first game of every homestand i believe and I mean, I know in the summer, hot summer, sun's beating down on you, you have a beverage or two, whether it's alcoholic or non-alcoholic, I'm running up at least three, four times. <laughs> to I mean, you're there for four hours. Yeah. And this old lady, if you will, she literally sits there for four hours. So I, I mean, she's got an amazing bladder. I give her a lot of credit. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, okay, Doss, last one for me. What is your go-to snack combination when you go sit in the action or any oh, uh, kind yeah, of baseball? Way. Or at, at the Rogers Center first, and then we can go to Fenway. What are your snacks at okay, the Rogers good. Center? That, that was a good, uh, yeah, absolutely. we got to specify. At the Rogers Center, it's whatever's included in the action seat. So I got their menu. Uh, we can look at what's free and what's not free. So the popcorn, the peanuts, that's all included. So we'll say that for the Rogers Center. But at the, the best sporting venue on planet Earth, Fenway Park, home of the, the Boston Red Sox, I don't think you can go anywhere else to a sporting event and get a nice, hot, fresh lobster roll. So that is definitely the best sporting event ballpark snack you can get. That is wild. Wild. I, I want to ask you, how did it all start to, well, it's got to be from your dad, but the whole Boston era and how did you become a fan? Like like Chimino said in the intro, like I do not know many people besides literally his dad and you <laughs> and your dad that are Boston Bruins yeah. fans. No, you know what? Actually, there's definitely a lot. I mean, go to the beef. There, there is quite a few. And when the Bruins won in 2011, I think that was our store's best when Stanley Cup is, what, June? That was our best June ever in 2011. We sold T-shirts and hats like you wouldn't believe. And we always joke, if the Leafs ever win a cup, we'll be able to retire. Oh, my God. <laughs> of, uh, T-shirts and hats we would sell. But... But we did quite well with the Bruins. And, and, you know, it really started with my father being a diehard Bobby Orr fan. And from there, the Bruins turned into the Red Sox. And he's we're not really big NBA Celtic guys. He was actually a Dallas Cowboys fan, okay. him and my uncle. 
Um, so not really big Patriots fans. Now we joke we're a fan of 16 teams every week, depending on who we bet on um, for, for NFL. But So, yeah, Bobby Orr turned into Bruins, obviously. Bruins turned into Red Sox. And, you know, growing up in Titletown, which Mace now says is L.A., but, um, you know, I've been fortunate enough to see the Bruins win in 2011, the Red Sox in 04, 07, 13, 18. Uh, the Patriots were not even. We don't have enough time to count all the Patriots. Uh, and the Celtics in '08, so it's definitely been fun to to grow up in in that era of winning. Right. Yeah, no, no doubt. So, it, your uncle isn't your uncle a Blackhawks fan? So how how does that happen in a family of Bruins? Right? Yeah, and he brings up unfortunately 2013. Right. Um, <laughs> and if you remember that year, the greatest game I've ever watched, which was Game Seven, first round against the Leafs, the comeback game. <laughs> Um, unfortunately, he gives us a little taste of our own medicine because the, the Blackhawks scored two goals in Game 6 uh, of the Stanley Cup Final that year. So it's a, a bitter pill to swallow, and he always reminds us of that. But uh, it could always be worse. He could be a Habs fan, and uh, he's just a Blackhawks fan. There so you go. We'll, we'll take it. Oh, man, that's too good. I want to ask him about that that comeback the Bruins had on my leaps. Like, as bad as it is for me to bring it up, like, did you ever – like picture, you know, this this is where they're gonna end their playoffs or their season. Like they're up what four one. So I'll admit, I, I totally gave up. Um, four well, it was three one. Did, did you turn the TV off? It was three one. <laughs> the Leafs score to make it four one. We had people over watching the game at our house, and that was it. They left. Uh, I left. <laughs> I left the house. I literally drove. And I remember. I think it was. I think we had New Hot ninety three five at the time, twenty thirteen, and. You know, when do they ever talk about sports? And they go, don't look now, 4-1 Leafs. I literally change the channel. I'm like, you know what, I, I, I can't, yeah, I can't yeah. listen anymore. So I drive, my, my goal was to drive to my grandparents just to kind of change the mood, change the mindset. And on my way to my grandparents, I stop at my cousin and my aunt's house, also diehard Bruins fans, and they're watching the game. And my cousin's crying. I go, don't worry, buddy. I'm going to get it even worse than you at school tomorrow. <laughs> and they score while I'm there to make it 4-2. I think it was Nathan Horton. And I go, you bunch of bums. Too little, too late. So yeah. I'm still, I've still given right. up at this point. Yeah. Now I drive to my grandparents. And, you know, they know how much of a fan we all are in our family. They, they don't really, they're not much into sports. Right. But I walk in and it's the first time in my life that I remember. No hello, no hug, no kiss. They just, they know what's going on. It's like dead silent. <laughs> and then the Bruins make it 4-3. And you know what? At that point, that point was when I really started to believe because I read Milan Lucic's lips and he goes, one more, one more. And uh, obviously the rest is history. And oh, phone, man. Between my grandparents' phone, people trying to get a hold of me, my cell phone, it was just unbelievable. And a night, uh, that, that really was better than a Stanley Cup. Unfortunately, no, Tom, it was against the Leafs, so no, it, it, yeah. that was a great moment. If the Leafs ever did that in the playoffs, <laughs> even if they didn't have to win the series, well, they did it against Columbus. They came back late there and forced the game five and ended up losing, but anyways. So let me ask, you've only been to one uh, game, you said, Al, but what's, what is your best sporting event or moment live in person that we've all been to? Oh, my God. This is so good. Uh, wow, that's a really... Really good I want question. That same I'm question. allowed to ask a question, though. No? Yeah, I want that same I, one. You too. know what? Not many people have turned a question back on us. I think Sherry Kay was the first in a long time that did that. But that's a good question. Um, if I had to go pro sports, I'll, I'll give you my OHL one first. My OHL one was when I was like, I was seven. It was that old seven run, um, and it was uh, Plymouth was here. I, I want to say it was game three or four. And um, Ryan Donati scored the squeaker in OT. You got a good memory, man. Yeah, 
squeaker in OT on Michael Neuvirth. He was a goalie for Plymouth wow. at the time. Um, and I remember the goalie saving it, and we're waiting, waiting for the whistle to go. Ref knows it's loose, and it just trickled in. I've never seen the, the arena bump like that um, in my life since. That was unbelievable. And then the my most recent one was uh, Canada Soccer was fantastic, but I went to go watch 2019 Raptors play DeMar DeRose in his return game. Probably one of my most favorite games I've ever went right, to. Right, absolutely. Yeah, That's yeah. a good one for sure. Yeah. Mace? You got one? No, we'll go. Well, no, I, I was lucky enough to get to game one of the 2019 finals, NBA finals. Ooh. Wasn't a star one ticket. I think Scott got some <laughs> corporate tickets uh, from Ford. <laughs> but we, uh, that, I've never been in an arena bumping like that. The ESPN guys were up uh, behind us as well. Cool. The fans are yelling at, who is it, Jalen Rose? There's, there's a couple guys on that ESPN panel that the guys were just... Uh, yeah, Paul, Pier- they, Paul Pierce was oh, in there. Yeah. Yep. He crushed the Raptors in, yep. what, 2013? Yep. 2008 NBA champ, Paul Pierce. <laughs> no, um, but I think, my honestly, one of my favorite memories is my dad and I went to a game. It was the Toronto Maple Leafs versus um, the New Jersey Devils. And the Leafs had just got Eddie Belfour. I think it was his first game as a Leaf. Uh, gets a shutout, it's 3-0, the whole arena's yelling, Eddie, Eddie. And it was, I was a goalie, so it was just so cool to see. Uh, Even, so as yeah. Even as a Habs fan. Yeah, it was Eddie the Eagle versus um, Broder. So, yeah. goalie, it, it was awesome. That's so sick, Mace, yeah. I probably have so many, but there's three. Um, Humble rookie, awesome Matthews rookie season I went with for my birthday. My dad got me tickets for me, my brother, and uh, my buddy Brent. We all went. Um, they ended up winning against Chicago in overtime. Anyways, we had really good seats, so I remember that one. Raptors against Steph Curry. I love Steph Curry. I think the Raptors were held to the worst field goal percentage in NBA like history. I think they had like 40 points all game. That's wild, yeah. Like Steph played, I think, a quarter and a half, and then and that was it. Like we paid yeah. pretty good money for these tickets. And <laughs> I believe he, it. It wasn't even close. And this, it, this one was the best one because it happened this September when I watched the Jays come back against Oakland. I was at I that game. That one. It, grand it, it, slam, yeah. Grand slam. Yeah. It was eight two, and Marcus Semyon hit his uh, a grand slam on his former team. So it, like, and that that, awesome. that felt like it was COVID was over because like yeah. everyone was not wearing a mask. The girl there was, was only fifteen thousand people. At that it time. was nuts. Crazy. Yeah, and I couldn't imagine if that stadium was full. Yeah, because like everyone behind you high fiving this and that. But yeah, it's crazy. What? Let's turn it to you. Yeah, Doss. What's your favorite? Well, I hate to show you guys up. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Yeah. No, Stanley Cup. Um, yeah, unfortunately, Game 5, Stanley Cup Final 2019 in Boston oh against St. Louis. And uh, I don't want to talk too much about that one because it didn't end well for us. Um, so I'm going to have to go with, and you know what, as a diehard Boston Red Sox fan, believe it or not, I'm going to go with 2015 American League Division Series Game 5. Jays Rangers Batista bat flip. You were there for the bat flip. Wow. Yeah, and I remember I was in a box in the outfield because we had sold all of our seats for that game. <laughs> so that's all we had left. And unfortunately, it was in right field, not left field, where he hit the home run. And I remember when he hit that home run, my uncle looks at me and he goes, and obviously the place is going wild. Yeah. He goes, "Not one person in this building cares about work or school tomorrow." Yeah. And it was so true. The place just went wild. And you know what, the only other thing, the reason why Game 5 in Boston for the Stanley Cup Final was just as memorable, even though they lost. If you guys recall, in Game 4 of that year, of that series in St. Louis, Big Zidane Chara had broken his jaw. Right. And so this was his first game back two nights later. I mean, you think about that. 
NBA, MLB, you break your jaw, you're out for the year. Yeah. In hockey, and I, I mean, my favorite sport is baseball, probably because it's the only one I was half decent as an athlete. But <laughs> hockey, a hockey athlete, there's there's no better in the world. And Chara's out there two nights later with a broken yeah. jaw. He's got a full cage on, and the place absolutely erupted. So it was actually pretty close in terms of, you know, you had a fifty thousand dome stadium, Batista hits a home run in the playoffs versus you know fifteen thousand at TD Garden for an introduction to a game, but it, it was pretty wild to be at both. Ah, man, that's and, uh, sick. Definitely two great memories. Yeah, yeah, Woody, Woody was at the 2019 uh, final, so he went to Bruins game. I can't remember I didn't even know that either. Yeah, Jeez. yeah, I can't remember the game. But And uh, game seven of that year, actually, uh, your father and yourself, Al, were both at our house. We were. And I have witness of Chimino cheering for the Bruins. So. <laughs> See? Oh, my God, I'm so happy you brought that up. <laughs> well, listen, and like I told Dom. Remember when, when I told you he's when, a Montreal Listen, fan? I walked in here. Doss, two, he's a Bruins I, I walked fan. in here two, two weeks ago. And Dom was giving me the rap. Yeah, on, on I told him. I said, I'm in a reality house. Do you think I'm going to cheer for anybody else? <laughs> the Bruins. <laughs> you don't want to see a slit of wrist that's <laughs> Yeah. Wow. Yeah, 100%. If I'm in a house, well, I don't well know, have you I'm seen I'm his basement? Why, no. exactly. You're walking into the shrine, man. Yeah. And I think I think our luck this year, Dodds, just because we're having you on right before playoff season, I think the Bruins squeak in and play the Leafs in the first oh, round. I hope not. I can't handle that. <laughs> Could you imagine? I, I wouldn't be able to oh, handle it. Nick Foligno puts the dagger. <laughs> oh, that would be perfect. Oh, Actually, a quick Nick Foligno story. I went um, I went to Columbus. It was, remember that NHL versus Docs, the, the charity tournament, that yeah. the charity game he always puts on in town? Right. And the last one he did before COVID, uh, we had won a package to go see him play in Columbus. And so we fly down there and they were playing the Oilers actually. And we were in a suite, but we were checking into our hotel and we were, you know, just getting ready, getting our bags, getting our luggage, getting our tickets. He met us and he tells the um, young lady working at the front desk, these are my friends from Sudbury. Make sure you take care of them. And I'll never forget. And, and the girl goes, aye, aye, captain. And it was just <laughs> obviously the captain of the Blue Jackets yeah. at the time. And, and just the respect he had, it was pretty cool to see oh, um, man. him in that in That's home insane. element in Columbus. It was awesome. Yeah. yeah, I really wish he stayed as a Leaf. But anyways, he goes to the team that I hate the most. But um, I need to ask you, Doss, predictions this year for the NHL, who's winning it at all? Did the Bruins have any luck with you know the goaltending situation they have right now with Tuca coming back and then ended up retiring? Like, Give us, give us your thoughts. Is Tuca Hall of Famer? I think he is. Mace, Mace is the goalie. He's giving me a thumbs down. No, I think so. Statistic-wise, he's there. Um, oh, yeah. You know what? But the cup. Who? Like, this might be sounding so Tim bad, Thomas but won Tim the Thomas won, Tim Thomas won, won right? the cup. Okay, then yeah. I don't think so. Tim I honestly thought at yeah. the time he I said He lost, yeah. too. He lost to the Blues in 2019, and he lost to Chicago in 2013, unfortunately. But, I mean, his stats career-wise are there. Um, no cup. I mean, not you don't have to have a cup to be in the Hall of Fame, no. but right. he's not a first ballot. I mean, his number will be retired in Boston. He's one of the best there, but uh, we'll see. As far as this year goes, I mean, Colorado, obviously Vegas looks good now that you have Eichel back. We'll see what they do. That was my bet for the night. So, <laughs> um, 
Yeah. You know what? It's a little early. We're only at the halfway point. I, I, I'm just getting over the Rams winning the Super Bowl and hoping there's no lockout in baseball this year. So yeah. uh, hockey, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a follow up in another month. Well, we gotta we gotta wait. We got some time. Okay. Got some yeah, time. We'll, we'll wait and see. Yeah. Tuca is the best goalie the Leafs have ever. Drafted. Yeah, he's got the most wins ever as a Leafs draft pick. So Raycroft, Rask. Yeah, thank you, Trump. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, gotta love it. Uh, What's your favorite non-Boston venue? Good question. Not Toronto either. Non-Toronto, non-Boston. Wow, that's a good one. Um, Not to the new SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles, but uh, both Dodger Stadium and Angel Stadium in in California are pretty cool. I mean, my family and I, growing up as big baseball fans, we would always do a different road trip. So um, I was actually at the last ever Yankee-Red Sox game at old Yankee Stadium in New York. At the Bronx, um, I've been to Chicago, Wrigley, and U.S. Cellular. Um, so I've, I've been fortunate to go to quite a few uh, hockey. I've been to New Jersey. Um, I've been to actually fourth year spad. We did Washington, so Nationals Park. We worked with the Na- the Nationals, and then out on that trip, we did. Uh, um, what's the stadium in Washington called? Verizon Center, I believe, yeah. Yeah. for for the Capitals. And no, the Capital One Arena. Game. Capital One Arena. Oh yeah, to Verizon cool. Center. Um, so yeah, I've used to be a few, it, yeah. but I would say you know what? Honestly, uh, let's talk a little music. I mean, concert-wise, I'm a big concert goer. I gotta say, you know, I uh, my boy Pitbull, like you guys mentioned, <laughs> yeah. uh, I like my classics. You know, I my last concert I went to with my father, we saw Fleetwood Mac. Which oh, was really that is such a good one. Yeah. yeah, when it comes, I don't discriminate when it comes to music. I like all genres. I like everything. I just I love live music. I think that's the thing I miss the most during the pandemic. Oh just being there and uh you know singing along and having a good time concerts yeah. are different how many pitbull concerts have you been yeah to? how many yeah how many pitbull concerts <laughs> uh i've been to seven and i can't wait for the eight. Oh, that's <laughs> sick that is sick hey pitbull's a legend pitbull's a legend yeah, yeah. Uh, Maroon 5 was good. Bruno Mars was good. Bruno Love him or hate him. Nickelback. I, I've been fortunate to see quite a few. You know, going back to that Fleetwood Mac concert, though. Yeah. I mean, you know, Drake, Justin Bieber, all these guys, you can see they'll be performing for the next 20, 30 years plus. But when I Googled, Stevie Nicks is 76 years old. Yeah. And, and to see her out there perform, I mean, she couldn't hit the high note anymore. But, you know, and, and you see Christine McVie, and, and it's just awesome to go to a, a classic band like that. So... Uh, I'm glad concerts are back and uh, get to sell a few and go to a few for sure. Yeah. Were you at the concert, uh, oh God, two, three years ago, Bon Jovi? Did you end up going or was this your dad? I have not been to a Bon Jovi concert. Uh, no, I don't think it was Bon Jovi. I think I saw your parents at Jennifer Lopez. J-Lo. <laughs> J-Lo. J-Lo. Why did I say yeah. Bon Jovi? <laughs> yeah. J-Lo's Maybe, legend. I don't know. My, my, my parents saw, I think maybe your Probably dad. Probably big J-Lo fan. But... Yeah, he is, but yeah. no, I, I, I don't know why. I, I do remember that. My I mom's purse that. got stolen, and they, they ended up seeing them. They, they, <laughs> saw, they saw them there. Dad shooting the shit with his dad, yada, yada. Oh, poor Emmy. Yeah, you know mom. what? We might have been there for a, a Red Sox-Jays game, and okay. then we just happened to go for a walk down the, down the street. Maybe that's what it was. That might have been it, but I do recall. Yeah, I mean, if it's a concert, it's J-Lo or Pitbull or yeah. Yeah. <laughs> someone I, I can dance and sing to. Oh, yeah. yeah. Listen, I, and lo- love him or hate him, too. But if he ever goes on tour again, you got to go see Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. The boss. The boss, one of the greatest concerts that Make I've sure you have three to. hours to go to that. that. Well, exactly. Why well, people hate Bruce Springsteen? Eh? Well, Bruce, just some people don't like his, his voice. Like, oh, really? Yeah, not, but 
obviously the best the base. best golf song and i still i'm probably gonna listen to it on the way to hockey tonight get me going is glory days yeah glory no matter great, what mood you're tune. in you put that on great tune. don't let them pass you by that's right yeah um okay another question we got for you dots and i don't know how much info you can shed on it but you were in the pk suban arbitration um <laughs> and i'm very interested to hear how that went that's if, right. I forgot if you, if you that. can share that info yeah that was yeah. a great uh spad volunteer opportunity that popped up um that was at the time, I mean, every year now, obviously with new contracts and inflation, um, every new deal is obviously bigger in, in terms of dollar amount. But at the time, that was the largest arbitration case to date. Yeah. And it was amazing. It, you know, you, you hear about it and you think, why would anybody want to go to arbitration? Because literally, picture this, you have P.K. Subban or whoever the, the athlete is, and you have him and his agent sitting on one side of the room. And it's just in a regular hotel lobby and in a hotel conference room. And then on the other side of the table, you have Bergevin and you have the lawyers representing the team, like the team NHL right. lawyers. And then you have an arbitrator in the middle and they go back and forth arguing over how good or essentially how bad, not how bad, but how the player is not worth what he's asking for. Jesus so here's Christ. a player, yeah. like the arbitration process, the player is playing for you next year, guaranteed. Yeah. He's, yeah. On your, he's on your team, he's playing for you. So imagine, you know, you're sitting there and you're cutting him down and you're saying how he's not worth this and he's not this good and he's actually sitting there saying, oh yeah, that's what you think about me? And now you have to go out and you have to play for this team that just cut you down. So it's a really interesting process and I, I don't recommend, I mean, that's why a lot of times you see teams avoid arbitration at all costs and agree to a deal moments before the actual case because you don't want to go through that process. No, no doubt. Like, did it get na- nasty in there? So the actual player doesn't say anything. Okay. Uh, so Subban sat there the whole time and like, he's like probably just biting bite his, his tongue. Yeah. There's stacks of notes and, and casework that, you know, teams work on and, and the player agent work on all statistics like you have to pick three comparable players so I kind of forget who he was compared to at the time I think Petrangelo was a player that he was being compared to and I think that was an Olympic year believe it or not right and if my memory serves me correct he was like the seventh defenseman yeah he was yeah he was yeah so the team Bergevin and his lawyers so Bergevin doesn't speak Subban doesn't speak but they have a representative speak on their behalf so the representative the lawyer representing the Canadians was saying how yeah, it's great. He made Team Canada, this and that. But here you had Petrangelo, who got all these minutes, and P.K. Subban was the seventh defenseman. And, and you oh. just see his head, you know, he, he, his head, he's looking down and he looks up and he's like, oh, yeah, really? That's what you think of me? But, I mean, that's, that's, that's the arbitration yeah, process. Yeah, that's yeah. the process. Yeah. That's it's crazy. crazy how they make the players go through that, though. Wouldn't you think maybe if they it's shouldn't the, be in the room? I don't know. The, it's the law, man. Pretty that's, sure you want a Norris after that ARB deal. And they include everything. I mean, they have all-star selections. They have, you know... I what thought, a cool experience, Doc. Yeah, that was a very cool, cool like, experience. Yeah. yeah, and I was fortunate to sit in a couple of them. Uh, not as high profile. I think... Uh, I'm trying to think who else that year. Alex Chason, I believe, was Ooh, one of them. Cool. Yeah. Uh, there was a Holtby hearing going on at the same time, though, so I didn't get to sit on that one, but Brayden Holtby went through it. And like I said, the players are actually there. They don't say anything, but they're there in a suit being represented, and... Uh, waiting to see how much their contract's going to be for the upcoming season. Man, crazy, crazy, crazy. Um, I guess one one question we'll, we'll ask before we head into our Fast Five here, Doss, is what's the future hold for you? What, where do you see yourself in, let's say, five, ten years? It's a scary question. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, look, I mean, before 
COVID, I was fortunate enough. Al, you were there with me at the arena working for the Wolves, yep. and I loved it. Um, working for a team, being involved in that atmosphere, and that was at a junior hockey league level, working in our lovely Sudbury Arena. <laughs> so just I, right in depth. Yeah. I could just imagine what that would be like for you know a professional, whether it's hockey or, or Big Four team, in a much better building, we'll say, to yeah. put it politely. So my dream and my goal was always to receive a, a paycheck with a professional sports logo on it. Unfortunately now with uh, the days of auto deposits, uh, I don't think I'll ever get that hard copy check. But uh, no, I'd like to call up to the big leagues one day. I think when I graduate from my MBA, um, tickets will always be a part of me and I'm very fortunate for that. And hopefully uh, someday someone, maybe one of you guys will take it over for me. Um, but uh, that'll always be a part of me, but I definitely am ready to, to work for a team. Cool, the goal. cool, yeah, we can we can definitely see you there, uh, 100%. Um, all right, Dust, let's head into our fast five here. Um, so it's five rapid fire questions, whatever comes to the top of your head, let it rip. Um, Tom, thank go you. For it. First question Favorite athlete you've ever met? My idol, my man, first ballot Hall of Famer, Big Pop, yeah. David Ortiz. Okay, favorite SPAD prof? Gotta go, Claude Vincent. <laughs> okay, okay. Favorite gambling tip you've ever gave anybody? If you don't like the over, don't bet at all. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, favorite Boston championship? What do they say? The first one, right? So, um, 2011 Bruins. Unfortunately, that's the only one I've been alive for. And 2004 Red Sox. Okay. And last one, favorite put. I can't even say what favorite pitbull song. Can't even say it with a straight face. <laughs> <laughs> well, where do I begin? I mean, uh, there's so many to go from. But well, uh, what gets you going? Like, what's you well, know? Well, I think if you hear Timber come on and you don't get up and start dancing, there, there's got to be something wrong. with you. 100%. Is that a pitbull song or a Kesha song? No, that's definitely pitbull featuring Kesha. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a lot of you know, DJ got us fall in love by Usher featuring pitbull. Oh, that's a good one but, too. But you know, there's a lot hotel room service. I mean, uh, come on. What's wrong with Neo? Neo, uh, uh, there's Give Me Everything. Yeah. That's a oh my God. Time of Our Lives, that's a banger. Yeah. Come on, how do you not like the guy? No, you can't. Fireball. Uh, yeah. yeah, he's so Nothing sick. better than Pitbull in the summer. No, <laughs> honestly, Pitbull is unbelievable. Yeah, yeah for parties. Jesus. Yeah, 100%. I was Pitbull for Halloween this year. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> oh, I love Good it. Good luck a picture, though. <laughs> hey, Doss, are you still playing Roller Coaster Tycoon? Oh, God, Tycoon. Well, now it's like a Ticket Tycoon, but... Uh, yeah, I remember those video games. Let's see, Mason, I go way back, back yeah. in the day. Yeah, Doss had a Hot Wheels style computer. <laughs> that was so cool. <laughs> Play Zoo Tycoon. Jamie probably set that up. <laughs> yeah, that's sick. Uh, awesome. I got one more story, actually. If yeah. you guys don't mind, just yeah, yeah, the gamblers that we all are, and uh, I've been fortunate enough to go to Vegas four times in my life. Uh, only two of age, though. So really, I've only been two times. Right. Yeah. Right. And my last time there, the reason for going was because a client of mine who bought tickets off me, instead of paying me, I said, he's a, a Vegas regular, I right. said, make a bet for me. Just bet on the Red Sox to win the division. This was in 2018. And uh, I don't know what happened or miscommunication or maybe he's not a big baseball fan. He actually bet on them to win the World Series instead. Come on. Quite a bit better odds, right? And, and luckily they did. They did win the World Series. So they paid it <laughs> off. Um, so yeah, it was a $2,200 winning US dollar ticket. But in Vegas, it's a hard copy ticket, yeah. right? Yeah. So you have to physically be there to cash it in. 
Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could mail it in, and I've done that before for like 100 or $200 bets, but for 2200 US, you want to be there in person. So we plan this trip to go, and um, we're staying Put all on at... Black. <laughs> Uh, I'm trying to remember. I've stayed at the Lexor. I've stayed at, I've stayed all over the Mirage. I we got to go to Vegas. One, absolutely, yeah. you have to go to Vegas. This one, we were at Caesar's Palace, I believe, and our room wasn't ready yet. So, you know, whenever you get there in the hotel, the room's not ready. Okay, we'll go for a drink or we'll eat in the lobby. Oh, boy. So, we're sitting in the shops at Caesar's Palace in the forums, and, you know, we're, we're having a bite, waiting for our room to be ready, trying not to be distracted by the many distractions in Vegas. And uh, for some reason, I was with my parents and I asked, you know, my mother, can I see my, my ticket? She had it in her purse. So she showed me the ticket and, you know, I'm just looking, admiring my winnings. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we pay our bill, we walk around, we leave. And I don't know what clicked. And my mother goes, you know, you have your ticket, right? I go, no, what's in your purse? She goes, I, I don't have it. You never gave it back to me. So my heart, I mean, I don't know what it's like to have a heart attack. Thankfully, I've never had one, but I think that's as close as I'll ever come. And I sprinted, I kid you not. And I enjoy running. Like in the summer, I'm out running. You probably see me all the time now. I ran, I sprinted, forget running. I sprinted from wherever we were back to that restaurant where we were sitting. And there's a new couple sitting at the table. Oh, no. Oh, no. So I asked to speak to the manager. And, of course, I didn't want to tell him what it was because he's going to think, oh, my God, a $2,200 ticket. Screw you, buddy. I'm just going to keep it for myself. Right. And he goes, no. I, I said, it's an important travel document. He goes, no, I don't know where it is. Sorry. He's asking the busboy. So I'm sitting there. You know, they're coming up with no answers. We're talking $2,200 yeah. American. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I went. I can't believe I did this. I went in the back kitchen rolled up my sleeves and I'm digging through garbage. I'm literally <laughs> digging through garbage. And like there's pasta sauce. I mean it's disgusting. It's disgusting. It really is. And this is all time. You know what? It was worth it. I I found a ticket. No. I I, honest to God, I kid you not. And I mean it was like covered in pasta. Like it, it was disgusting. I, I think it was pasta sauce anyway. So the first thing we do, my father's all mad at me, like, we're going to cash that thing right now. So we go to cash it, and, like, he actually had a hard time at the sports book actually running it through because it's all damaged and covered in food and whatever else. But, yeah, that was my uh, Vegas story that I'll I'll never forget. But I cashed the ticket. Okay, that's good. good. Yeah. That was the next thing. That is unbelievable. That's an all-time story. That's a, we're gonna have to clip that one. And this that is, is part of the reason why story. we started this thing. Yeah. Get stories like this, yeah. unbelievable! Oh my the god! Craziest story. Check your pockets and make sure you have uh, winning gambling slips on you. For yeah, sure. no doubt, no but doubt. But the person busting the table is just probably just added it to a plate That's of you know just whatever. Threw it out just, like yeah. oh, it's a not, it's so a, many things. Yeah. Obviously, he's not a Boston Red Sox or a baseball fan. Otherwise, he would have been running to cash that thing pretty fast. <laughs> yeah, oh no god. doubt. Oh um, well, with that, Doss, listen. Thanks for coming on to the pod, having a chat. You know accommodating us here at the store going through our technical difficulties with us but uh again thanks so much we'll we'll definitely have to have you on again maybe with that with the family i think that'd be an unbelievable podcast so yeah thanks again Doss. i love it great round table and great work guys keep it up and uh episode 51 i'll be back for 101 or 151 i know you guys will do it i love it love it And that was the interview with Dawson Reale, just a top-notch guy, and just what a guy! Like he, he was hilarious. Um, great stories, and usually on our podcast, when we interview someone, we don't get 
uh, questions brought back and shot back at us. So that was good. We, we always like a little challenge like that. So we definitely thank uh, Doss for coming on and, and being a, an engaging talk, uh, uh, an engaging conversation. Also, um, we filmed it at Pro-Am, uh, which was great a lot of fun um, hanging out at Prime. If you haven't checked out the store, go check it out on LaSalle. Uh, just a, an unreal place uh, full of memorabilia. Uh, great merch. You can get your skate sharp and any equipment you need for hockey, baseball. Uh, they got it there at Prime. So uh, just a, another great chat. Thanks, uh, Doss, for coming on. Um, and that interview was sponsored by Silvercross. Silvercross Sudbury is run by the best people from the Sudbury region. They sell new and recycled home and health care equipment. Stairlifts, scooters, you name them, they got them. Silvercross Sudbury is run by first class people in the name of Dean and Chantal Jacqueline. And they probably serve North Bay, Espanola, and the Manitoulin Island District. And of course, here in Sudbury, where they are located on 760 Notre Dame Avenue. Call them at 705-222-0700 for any health care needs, and they will hook you up. Thank you, Dean and Shawnee, for always taking care of us. All right, folks. Well, that's going to do it um, for episode 51 of Behind the Bench. Uh, a nice quick one for you, just a, an interview that you can really dive into and, and enjoy. Um, again, we apologize for the late release. Um, gotta love good old technology. Even the young guys have a hard time with it. So, um, again, thanks for listening. Thank you for supporting us. Go buy our Junkyard Dog t-shirts. And our sweaters on Misson's website. You know where to get it. Um, and yeah, I think that's going to do it. It's, uh, it was another great one. We'll be back uh, and better for episode 52. All the boys will be chiming in too. Um, and uh, hopefully uh, we won't have any technical difficulties for that one. But without any further ado, let's send it out to our outro. Our outro. Take care, everyone. And we'll chat soon. Stands a chance.
Took that chance. 